Local on the Go Show listeners, don't forget to give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Racing season is right around the corner, so grab your One to Go Show tee or hoodie today. Great race fans, Ryan Eho here and the one and only Bert Lehman. Bert, sounds like you had a long day, but how was your weekend? Uh, well, other than it rained <laughs> uh, for a good portion of the weekend, the uh, weekend was good otherwise, um, but uh, no racing again in eastern Wisconsin except at... Uh, liar, Gravity. liar, I was at Liar, Plymouth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Plymouth Super race. six, man. Yep, You're yep. a late model guy. It was like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? I had, to, I had to pick on you just a little bit. Dirt Race Central, of course, catching the action for that one. Yeah, Plymouth raced on Saturday night. Gravity Park raced on Friday night. I think those were the only tracks that uh, got races in. Um, a lot, lot of rainouts in Wasota country, but a few more, a few more kind of getting their feet wet here and getting some things started. But, you know, let's uh, let's talk about this, right? Episode 176, before we get into it, of course, a shout out to one of our great sponsors, Zuli's Race Engines. Um, that time of year, Bert, that says one thing, one thing and one thing only, Zuli's Race Engines victory lane that's just how it works right and uh, you're gonna see a lot of that i mean the season is literally just getting underway but you're gonna see a lot of wins whether it's track wins right you know regular wins race wins series wins championships you name it zuli's race engines that's that's what you want to start you want to start with a good piece under the hood and if you can't beat them join them check out zuli's race engines so Episode 176, Bert. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, our top five moments of the week, some fan feedback, right? We have some who's hot, who's not, a little bit more mojo, right, from the one to go show here this past week on that part of it. And uh, our picks, of course, um, we had some shows that we picked on the national scene. We have some bold, maybe not so bold predictions, all kinds of fun stuff here, Bert. Yeah, and... Uh... Um, I heard that you went racing. You actually have more races in than I do. I don't have I, any in yet. I, got I, have a pra- I have a practice in. I have one practice in. Yeah, I got <laughs> I got hot laps, right? I got hot. We, we talked about practice. We, we talking about practice, right? Yeah. So my buddy Dave was running. He said, hey, I'm running down at Fairbury again. And I'm like, man, I want to get to Falls. I got to get down there. I looked at the weather. And when I looked at it and he looked at it, it's kind of one of those deals that didn't look like any weather was coming in till 11, 12 o'clock. And the wind switched like that. They got hot laps. They got qualifying. They got the national anthem. I think the, the hobby mods were lined up to go out for heat races and it started to rain. And that was that. So a couple of things, I am going to get back to this place, Bert. I'm jacked. I was so jacked to be there. It's like, I I'm just, I'm just absolutely encapsulated by this place. I mean, we watch it on flow, impressive racing. The first thing I noticed, I pull into town, right? And they got a big banner, you know, coming into town. Welcome to Fairbury, home of the Fairbury Speedway. And literally, and I don't know if it's on every street corner because I didn't drive around the whole entire town, but all over town hanging from like the, I don't know if it's the light poles or the, must be the poles for like streets or whatever, everywhere, right? Fairbury, Illinois, home of the Fairbury Speedway. I'm like, 
I mean, everywhere. It, it reminded me of going to Knoxville, you know, and I mean, just racing everywhere. And I think the culture is pretty big down there. Kind of tucked back, Bert, in a little tiny corner. Like if they wanted to expand that place, they would have to like eminent domain all the houses in the area because there is literally no room for expansion there. Um, but this is why I love streaming, right? I mean, I look at the weather and I'm like, eh, weather looks crappy. I'll watch it online. If it rains out, I'll watch something else. And Dave, Dave's like, man, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to waste your day driving down there. Guy, do you have any idea? I mean, my pit guys be the first one to tell you how many days I wasted of theirs chasing me all over the countryside when it rained out. So you can't really feel bad for me because a lot of my pit guys, Jim, Casey, you know, all them guys, Chad, Clint, they chased all over the countryside. And uh, well, we got fatter. We just, if it rained out, we went out to eat. <clears throat> what we did. So, Bert, uh, let's jump into our uh, top five moments of the week. And... Uh, this, this part of it, you know, brought to you right here, right? It's brought to you by Daytona One Performance Lubricants. Well, if you want to know something about lubricants, you go to an expert. I'm just a guy with a show, right? I'm not an expert. Who's an expert? Buck is an expert. He's in the Hall of Fame, Bert, for lubricants, for NASA, the NASA Hall of Fame, okay? So I would say he's probably pretty well educated on the lubricant part of this. They have everything from stuff for your engines, for gears, for transmissions, you name it. They have a lot of stuff for engine assembly lubes. They got, you know, all kinds of stuff there, but also they have some lubricants that can help you with your tires. And, and lubricants, the proper lubrication, Bert, what does it do? It helps you save money, right? I mean, when you're doing maintenance, if you're going to grease something, you're doing that to prolong it. Well, if you get the right lubricants for the right parts, it's going to help those parts last longer. And I'm telling you, racers right now, you know, I mean, whether you can get tires or not, doesn't appear like there's a shortage, but they are really expensive. And in some areas, tires are insanely expensive. He has products out there that can help you get more life out of your, out of your racing tires. And to get some info on that, give Chad a call. His number 507 828 35 Three, six. Give him a call. Ask him to get you all the information you need so you can make an educated decision if this is a product for you or not. So, Bert, let's jump into this. Number five. Let's head down to the Dairyland Showdown, Mississippi Thunder Speedway. They got one night in, night two, night three, of course. Mother Nature whooped their ass. Not a fan of Mother Nature. We're not friends. Okay, <laughs> We're not friends. Now, a little bit of action, a lot of it action. Number five, Jake Tim. Oh, so close. Oh, so close to parking in victory lane. I mean, literally had it won. B Shep put a challenge on him on the closing lap there, got inside of him. Jake powered back around him and one and two. I'm like, man, great move, kid. And he bonsaied it in there and he did what every good racer does. He shoved it down to the bottom to try to block the slider. Because Brandon Shepard, all these top guys, if you leave the door open, they're coming for you. Misjudged it, clips a lapper, spins himself up against the fence, coughs it up, gives it away. Oh, man. Did you see that? That was a bummer. Yeah, I saw it. And, um, yeah, I mean, when I watched it initially, it's like, you know, because he, he ran that whole race practically on the high side. So it's like, right. why did why did you go to the low side? You've been running so well on the high side. but 
I see your point. Yeah, he was trying to block the slider. Uh, but if you uh, listen to Bishop's uh, interview after the race, he said he entered the corner high. Um, so, uh, you know, he didn't need to block a, a slider. But, I mean, obviously, you don't know that when you're out on the track. I mean, you have, a, you know, not even a second to make a decision as to, you know, what you're going to do. So, um, yeah, tough break for him. Uh, but, you know, on Facebook and stuff, you know, he, he you know, he admitted it was his mistake. He took full blame for it and, uh, you know, just move on to the next race. <laughs> yeah. That, I was impressed by that. I mean, it wasn't a malicious deal. He just went down the, I mean, it's an Illinois guy behind you. Il, there's nobody <laughs> better at slide jobs than Illinois late model racers. It just is what it is. So he, he tried to block, he messed up and you're right, bird. He jumped on there. He's like, Hey, I messed up. I misjudged, you know, apologize. It is what it is. That's a boss move. Right. Tip of the cap right there. Jake Tim. Hey, the kid's talented. He's fast. He's going to win races. But when you make a mistake, own it. It is what it is, especially now. Right. With with screaming, like literally everybody can look at it and be like, ah, guy, that was your fault. And he's like, it's on me. It is what it is. What's number four? Uh, we're well, we're staying at uh, at Mississippi Thunder and um, another uh incident but uh this one the tempers weren't as <laughs> as calm as, as the jake tim incident uh of course we're talking about the b1 bomber um brent larson and uh his incident with uh kay dillard uh, uh how many laps were left in that race handful i think they must yeah. have been under 10 left under 10 somewhere in there maybe yeah. eight. i'm not 100 percent sure yeah, he wasn't real thrilled with the thriller. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was a case where Dillard was running the cushion. And, I mean, the cushion was way up on the top side. And, um, you know, Larson was running, well, you could say the low side, the middle side, and then moving into the high side. I mean, in, in corner four of the previous lap, he pushed Bobby Pierce all the way to the wall. Um as Pierce was running the high side and then, you know, coming out of two, uh, I mean, the announcers even said that coming out of two, the, the, the outside wall on the backstretch comes out a little bit. Um, and, you know, so they were talking about that, but I mean, I, I think it's just a case where Larson went up into Dillard's lane. And I mean, if you watch it, you can see Dillard was on the, on the, he, he checked up to try to, um avoid it but i mean dillard the the nose of dillard's car was up to the front tires of larson's car coming out of two um and um larson's comments on on the world of outlaws uh results page you know he says you know you can't see a car until basically it's in front of you well right but other drivers seem to avoid, I mean, Jake Kim was running that high side and which Scott brother was, was he racing against? Stormy. And I mean, Stormy was on the inside and there were many laps where I didn't think Tim was going to have room to keep going on the outside, but, but Stormy, you know, gave him room. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to be aware, I guess. I mean, I can read. I think I think Brent had an incident in that same spot last year with Jimmy Mars. Okay, it could be. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, Dillard, Dillard's comment was he knew he was in a bind and started using the whole track. We entered turn one and got a run on the top. I felt like I was far enough when I saw he wasn't leaving any room. I checked up the leave him room. I mean, you can watch the video. I got on the brakes and he just kept coming. And the way I saw it, that's kind of accurate the way I saw it. Um, yeah, and, and and don't get me wrong. I want to see Brent Larson win. Oh, yeah, me too. He's one of our yeah. guys, right? But he, he was definitely not going to win that race, right? He was going to slip back, probably still finish in the top five. You know, part of the deal there, Bert, I got to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's Mississippi Thunder. I mean, you want to win races, you bang the boards. That's what you do. And oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that he stayed in the lead for so long, I mean, like you said, he did kind of squeeze Bobby there, you know, and, and nothing, whatever. As Brett's racing, Bobby would have did the same thing. We've seen him do it, you know, but the fact of the matter is, you know, Dillard did lift. You know, we saw that. I right. mean, he, well, he and- tried to squeeze in there and realized, not happening lifted clipped them and you know just a bad deal i mean i'll read a comment from larson and i i'm hoping this comment was made prior to him seeing the video um but he made the comment uh we know that the guy in front can't tell you're there until you're past him so you have to lift for somebody if you don't want to lift then that's how we'll play the game i've lift lifted for him a bunch while he's sliding all over the track and i just won't do it anymore I'll change the way I race him. I can tell you that much. <laughs> boys will be boys. We'll see how this one <laughs> transpires. I'm sure they're going to see more of each other. So stay tuned. Uh, is this the end, right, of the B1 um, K Dillard saga? Or are Cooler Heads going to prevail and they're both going to realize, hey, it's racing. We're racing hard. We're racing for a win. And when you're racing that hard up front, shit's going to happen. And shit did happen it just mm-hmm. is what it is so i mean let's jump- i mean i will i mean like you said i mean it was good to see larson running up near the front and and doing well i mean he ran in what in top five last year at this race right he did he did and and the year before yeah and the year before so so he's he's good at home i mean heck he even had a good run at cedar so i mean so he's good on his home turf i mean back when it was a trioval he won a ton of races there back in the super stock days as a trioval even. So I think he just gets around that area and maybe it's a comfort deal. So I guess uh, kind of a bummer. It didn't work out, but the it didn't end up mattering anyway because all, everything else rained out after that. So number three, speaking of shit happening, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> let's go. Let's go NASCAR racing for our boy, Brad. He's a big NASCAR guy. Just kidding, Brad. I got to be honest, Bert. A plus. I got to give an A plus to this race. It was un- unbelievable. But in Kansas, things are heating up. And the question is, there was there was a couple, lots of drama, lots of lead changes, great racing throughout. I mean, this was an unbelievable race. But what was bigger drama in your eyes? Okay. End of the race, Larson Hamlin, and we'll, I'll get into the details. We'll kind of lay it out for everybody in case you didn't see it, or the Noah Gregson, Ross Chastain deal. So. Here, here's what happened. So the, the Noah Gregson Chastain deal, Gregson was having a terrible race. I think he was like five laps down. Yeah, that's what I, after all this happened, I didn't realize he was five laps down. It's like, why are you upset? I'll, I'll let you continue yeah, on. But why are you upset 100%, five laps down? 100%. It's like, dude, get out of, you're five laps down. Come on, guy, get out of the way, right? <laughs> so 
him and Chastain, Chastain races hard. He races. I don't think he's got good peripheral vision. He kind of races by feel. <laughs> I like that. It's more exciting. It's fun. I like that. And he did squeeze him up. Gregson got in the fence a little bit, but no real damage. He just kind of kept rolling. After the race, right, they, they come down. And meanwhile, they're interviewing Kyle Larson. We'll get to that in just a second, what happened here. But needless to say, Gregson comes down and he gets in Chastain's face. He grabs a hold of him and he's he's like, what the hell's your problem? And he's kind of like kind of shaking him or whatever. And Chastain kind of give him one right in the chops. It, I mean, it, it was a good punch. He yeah, connected. And Gregson <laughs> kind of cocked back. He was going to hit him back. And one of the NASCAR people yeah. grabbed his arm, broke it up. And it's like kind of sucked, right? Because it's like, you know, one guy got a basically a free shot the other guy kind of got held back they didn't get to fight now let that be a lesson right if you if i'm a firm believer if you go in somebody's pit and you put your hands on another driver you you got one coming it just is what it is well that's what chastain said he said a big guy on the team i'm not sure who who that is but a big guy okay who is the owner I can't remember, but I, okay. I remember. But I yes, the, the big guy in the wall team said, if anybody ever puts puts their hands on you, you know, yeah, he's it's got one coming. <laughs> for sure. Now, the other deal, right? So they're, needless to say, fist fight in the pits. Not really a fist fight, but punches throwing, you know, altercation, physical altercation. The other deal, Kyle Larson's leading, right? And it's looking like. It's coming down to the wire. He had a half a straightaway on Danny Hamlin. Hamlin chased him down. Larson getting looser and looser, kind of skated up the track, brushed the wall a couple times. On the last lap, I don't remember if it was one and two or three and four. I think it was one and two. He Hamlin got just inside of his left rear. Larson washed. I don't know if it was because of the air taking off or he was just getting a combination of that and being free. Skates up the track brushes the wall which obviously broke speed a little bit hamlin clipped him turned him to the left he countered banged off the wall to the right and unbelievable save like if yeah. i mean it's just crazy how he i mean he's so talented needless to say hamlin gets by he gets the win kyle larson gets second the whole place is going bonkers booing him because i mean it's midwestern people but i mean dirt track fans right there's a lot of them and there's a lot of kyle larson fans and there's not a lot of denny hamlin he's kind of playing the heel in this whole uh, nascar deal booing the heck out of him so them are two things that happened hamlin with the bump and run i didn't really think it was his fault i think that's kyle larson's fault and i'm a kyle larson guy but it it, it was kind of a, a racing deal yeah which one to you was a bigger deal and what's your thoughts on both things that happened at kansas well, I mean, obviously, the one that's going to get the most media attention is the punch. <laughs> I mean, say what you will, fights, <laughs> fights um, get attention. And Daytona uh, 500, baby. Daytona 500 of a NASCAR really became a thing, right? That Daytona well, 500. I mean, there's a saying in the newspaper industry if it bleeds, it leads. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I, on Facebook, I don't know if it's a official NASCAR page or not, right? But there's NASCAR pages on Facebook that are they're like showing the actual like up close video footage of this deal. Uh-huh. So 
I don't know if that's a, an official NASCAR page or somebody that I, I don't really know, but uh, I can tell you right now, they're going to hype the heck out of this deal because it'll put butts in the seats. Well, I'm interested. It's, I mean, I don't know if NASCAR has come out with an official statement yet. I'm interested, I'm interested to see if there's any penalties or, or anything. Um, but it was funny because I was watching it because I wanted to see Larson's comments and they were interviewing Kyle Larson. And so they had a split screen. They had Kyle Larson being interviewed and then, and then uh, Chastain, because they saw Noah walking up to Chastain and, you know, Larson's doing his interview and they, they have the video. So Larson can see, see video too, you know, because they showed the accident and whatnot. And all of a sudden, you know, all hell breaks loose between Chastain and uh, and Noah Gregson, and then the interviewer of Larson kind of interrupted, and Larson goes, "Oh, what do we have going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of took the focus off that, and Larson handled it like a man. You know, he didn't come back at the end and say, "Ah, oh, you know, he dumped me and dirty race and dirty pool." It was like he's like, you know, I mean, I think he realized, and like you said, he didn't see the video. Kyle Larson's a good enough race car driver. When he watches that, he's going to be like, and nothing he could do. I'll be interesting to see if there's more comments on that, but um, um, to find out. But yeah, I just want to make another comment is, you know, when I saw the incident with uh, Ross Chastain and Noah Gray, you know, I thought they were on the same lap and they were battling for a position. And then it was afterwards, I found out that, that Noah was six or five laps down. It's like, come on, you can't get all upset if you're five laps down. <laughs> I, 100%. It's like, get the hell out of the way, guy. You're not even in the race. Just move over and just, you know, live to play another day. So, Bert, let's jump on to number two, Eastern Wisconsin. There was racing other than Gravity Park. We'll let you touch on that right now. <laughs> yes, uh, Plymouth Dirt Track did get their, their show in. Um, and actually, I mean, I was watching it and actually, I think the sun came out uh, later in the evening there. So, I mean, that was, that was a sight to see because we don't see that too often <laughs> these days. Not lately. <laughs> um, but yeah, they had, I believe it was 18 late models for the super six series. Cause they're the late models are only rate are racing at Plymouth dirt track only six times this year. And, um, so I was curious to see, I was curious to see how many Shano cars were going to go race there when Shano was racing, but Shano canceled Saturday and there were only like three Shano cars and none of the um, top runners um, from Shano went to race there. So I was really um, surprised by that. I mean, they had uh, Jaden Schmidt, who's a rookie this year. Uh, he was there. Uh, Adam Yonke was there. And I don't know if there was another one or not. Yeah, disappointed so. with that, but it ended up being an exciting finish, right? You know, I think they went, basically, it was on the last lap, but with three to go, I don't remember who was second at the time, but Taylor Scheffler was leading. Was it Richie in second? Richie was second. Well, the thing is, Taylor Scheffler pulled out to a huge lead. I mean, he had at least a quarter track lead, if not more than that in the feature. And the feature went green, the checkered. There were no cautions in the race. So yeah, Richie and Brad Miller tracked him down. Um, 
And it's kind of surprising because Taylor Scheffler likes to run the high side, but he, he was glued to the bottom, even though he was stuck behind a, a slower car, he would not get off the bottom and that cost him. <laughs> yeah. Cause Mi- Brad, is it Mueller or Miller? It's Miller. It's pronounced Miller. Miller. Yeah. So Brad Miller was third, I believe as they went two to go. And he basically, I, I tell you what, this was one of my favorite moves of the week. Cause this is a guy running third place. Everybody's parked on the bottom. They got a lap car kind of used as a pick for the leader. Right. And he says, I'm going to go for it. I, I can follow. Most people would just follow and be like, I'm going to get third. It's a solid run. It's on the podium. He goes top shelf, not only drives by Richie, but he sneaks by Taylor Scheffler. Did you see that comment? I was shocked by that. Uh, well, um, if you watch the whole race, I mean, uh, if you rem- remember from earlier in the race, uh, Brad Miller did pass some slower cars on the outside, and he was one of the few drivers who did venture up there for some laps, at least earlier in the race. So by doing that, I think he had somewhat of an idea that he could make make it, he could at least give it a good try. And if it, you know, and it wasn't going to impact them too much. So, yeah, that, that was impressive. So he stole one at the line, Taylor Scheffler. He didn't run over a lapper, right? Like Jake Tim, but he also <laughs> didn't try to pass the lapper and it cost him a win. Did he? Get well, he third? actually fell to third. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Richie got by Richie him. Richie got by him at the line. That, I mean, as a racer, you play that one back in your mind and you are sick to your stomach. I mean, yeah. that is just a tough. Well, I, I've interviewed plenty, plenty of drivers who stated that, you know, sometimes being in, in the lead is a disadvantage because. You don't know what lines other drivers are are racing and, you know, you're comfortable in a line and sometimes you get too comfortable. And I think he had the feeling that, you know, nobody's going to be able to pass on the high side, uh, you know, the way the track was. And so he just stayed behind the slower car, but didn't work out that way. It did not. So nice win for Brad Miller there. Congratulations on that one. And number one for USMTS action, and it has been unbelievable all year long. I mean, it has been absolutely phenomenal, right? Tyler Davis stole the show, right? Tanner Mullins out to a monumental lead. It's like it is over. Closing laps, 40-lap A-main, 10,000 a win. Jayhawk Classic at Lakeside. Bert, this racetrack was phenomenal a top, a bottom, roll in the middle. I mean, it was absolutely incredible racing down there. And it looked like it was flat over, right? They took the white flag. Here comes Tyler Davis. He's poking him, right? He's right with them. But it looked like all he had to do was hit his marks. And he come down into three and four through the slider, took the win. Turns out, Tanner Mullins right rear flat at the line. His right rear tire went down in the closing laps. Tyler Davis there to capitalize his first win of the year in a bills built race car which i know nothing about so another chassis grant win but uh so tyler uh tyler davis parking victory lane tanner mullins has the heart two it's an o2 but hard two and that heart kind of fell it was kind of a broken heart number two in this one <laughs> that's not very nice so bert let's jump <laughs> on to a little fan feedback here. so 
before we do that, uh, you know, it's kind of cool. We have fans sending us questions each week. If you have questions, right? If you're a fan and if you have a question, if you have a topic, you know, hey, guys, we want your opinion on this. We want your thoughts on this. You know, you can text or message um, either me, Bert, or the one to go show, however you want to do it. We'd love to get your content out there. Before we do that, quick shout out, buyracerts.com. Whether you need hats, shirts, hoodies, apparel, jackets, whatever it may be, for racers, by racers. Of course, Jordan Tollickson and the crew down in Montevideo, Minnesota, do an awesome job. They got a lot of different ways that you can purchase, small quantities, big quantities, kind of plain stuff, more fancy, whatever your needs are, they can meet those needs at buyracers.com. So Carter had a question and he emailed us and um Actually, uh, maybe I'll let you, uh, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and read that one off there, Bert? Yeah, uh, with Illinois Speed Week coming up, I'd like to hear what tracks you guys would include in your own personal Speed Week. Which four or five tracks would you go to and what would be your top class plus one support class? Also, let's pretend you will get a good car count no matter what tracks you choose. Keep up the good work, guys. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> That's a guy from Eastern Wisconsin, from the Berg, representing yeah. old Luxembourg there. So, so Bert, what what do you got? Like, if in your area or wherever, it could be anywhere, probably four or five tracks that you kind of bunch together your own little speed week. And what two classes would you have? Um. Well, I mean, as everybody as everybody says, I'm a late model guy, so let let me do late models. Um, I'm going to do Eastern Wisconsin just because that's where I'm from. I mean, I guess what's the driving distance that the most attractive be away? A couple hundred miles. Oh yeah. Well, as far as away, I, I don't think you'd want to go much more than maybe a hundred. Right. I mean, okay. otherwise, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, um, for late model, I, you'd have to have Shano Speedway just because it's, it's late models. <laughs> Homer. <coughs> Homer. <laughs> um, I would, and then I would go with, um, um, Seymour, um, Luxembourg, and then probably 141 Speedway. Okay. That would, that'd be for well i should throw plymouth in there because they race late models well not as much anymore but they still have late models um i sense a little animosity with that <laughs> eye roll there i'm just saying um, no no i'm fine i mean i'm hoping that means there'll be more late models at shano on, right. on the weeks that they're not racing late models um yeah i would i would go with those five tracks and what support class would be late model deal, but what class would you have with them? I would have IMCA stock cars. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's a pretty good choice right there. So I'm going to probably get in trouble for this because everybody, everybody wants their class picked, right? But in Wissota country, um, if I kind of look in geographically on how it would work out, I do a kind of a swing with the River City Speedway up in Grand Forks. Awesome little bull ring, right? Fergus Falls, which isn't too terribly far away. It's kind of at that hundred, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe not quite that far, but I do like a either Grand Forks first, Fergus Falls second, 
or Fergus Falls, then Grand Forks. Probably Grand Forks, Fergus Falls, Madison, Minnesota, and then Watertown, South Dakota. And, and they're all kind of within a, a fairly tight knit, not, not too terribly far to drive. Um, and two of those tracks are bull rings and they are super fun. Madison is by far the fastest three ace mile track I've ever raced on in my life when it's, when it's prepped, right? I mean, all dirt tracks can have good nights and bad nights, right? But when Madison's on that place is insanely fast. And when Fergus is on, I mean, you're banging the berm, you're, you're riding the wall and you're, I mean, slide jobs are wide open. So that place can be phenomenal. So I'm just going to assume that we're taking all four of these tracks at their very best. Right. Right. So Bert went late models and you know, everybody's like, I mean, a good late model race on all of these tracks is a good race, right? It just is, but I'm going to kind of go against the, against the grain here a little bit. And I'm going to go with soda modifieds. Because all four of these tracks right here, when there's mods, when they have a good field of mods, it is a freaking awesome race. And then, like Bert, I'm not going to go IMCA stock cars. I'm going to go with Soda Street Stocks because they're probably the most entertaining class. I just love that class as far as the spectator goes. So, modifieds and street stocks. And, you know, I'm thinking a pretty darn big payday to get everybody there. But that would be super cool to put something together like that. So, Carter, thanks yeah. for the... I mean, if I were to do a late model four race series in the state of Wisconsin, um, I'd go Shano because um, I'm a homer. And also it's a half mile. I mean, there, there aren't many half miles. So just to add some variety, but I do Shano, um, Beaver Dam, and then Mississippi Thunder, and then Cedar Lake. You kind of have a square there. Right. And that would be a little bit of driving, but that right. would be four really good races for sure. <laughs> that, there's, there's no question. So Jordan had a question here as well. And uh, this kind of came back and, and he, he texted me and he said, actually messaged me on Facebook. He said the best race of the weekend in Wasota country. And you can see this on, on Dirt Race Central, right? The official streaming platform of the one to go show. So you can find all these races on there and, and he watched them all as did I must have a subscription. If you don't get one, cause they got some good stuff and a lot of races, but he said the best race of the weekend in Wasota country was a photo finish for the short trackers, Bert, the short trackers at I-94 Speedway last lap, last corner pass for the win. And his question is this, is it fair? that the starter classes always have to go last, right? And I'm not talking at a special, right? You got to look, first of all, if you have a Lucas Oil late model race or something like that, you don't have short tractors. Nothing against short tractors. You just don't do that. It's not, they don't go together. Okay? What are short trackers? Four cylinders? Hornets, IMCA sport, okay. compact, same type of deal, right? It's your four cylinder class. It's the beginner class, the starter class. Okay. So weekly racing, even maybe a local special of some kind, is it fair? What is your thoughts, Bert? Should they run them last? And if so, they say so. And if not, when should they run them? What is your thoughts? And then I'll share mine. Um, I'm not opposed to mixing them in, into the program in a different uh, location other than last. Um, they pay the same amount of money to get in as, as the other divisions. So um, I, don't, I don't have a problem. Uh, racing them of uh, you know not 
of them not being last all the time. Actually, I think it was either last year or the year before Shawnel started. I mean, cause the four cylinders used to always run last, but now they don't always run last. They, they do run earlier in the evening, uh, some night. Shawnel actually has, and I don't know, maybe other tracks have this too. They have a rotation that the divisions race in. So it's not the same order every week. I kind of like that, right? Because it also gives each driver a little maybe flavor of a different track surface. I mean, back when I was in the super stock, I'm like, I want to run last every night, right? Because I want it black and shiny all the way to the top. Um, now it's like, okay, I'm maybe not quite as smooth as one as I once was. If I got back in a car, I probably want a little more grip. <laughs> I want to run a little earlier. But um, I looked at this, Bert, and I thought, I'm like, man, that's a good question, right? So I remember a couple of years back, I uh, I got to help out at the Hibbing Raceway, right? I got to be down in Victory Lane and you know kind of present the the winner with the tro- with the trophy, do the Victory Lane interview. In this four cylinder kid, um, it was a Wasota Hornet at the time. He won, and he was super excited. He saw the trophy. He looked up in the grandstands, and it was empty. There was nobody there. All right, well nobody races for money. That's just not a thing, right? I mean, if you wanted, if you were racing for money, you're just not very smart because you <laughs> can't make money. Right. But you can have a hell of a lot of fun, right? Racing is a great, great sport. And if you want these young kids to kind of have that edification, there's nothing better than when they win a big race, having a bunch of people come down and say, man, that you did great. That was awesome. That was one of the best races of the night. If it's last every time and you have your old school fans that are and nothing against them, everybody's got their preference, right? But there's people out there, wow, I mean, when the late models are done, I'm leaving. Maybe you should stick around and watch some of these starter classes because that's going to be your future late model drivers down the road, we hope. That's kind of the goal. We want them to be able to move up. And and they're not going to if they like, if nobody ever says, hey, man, you're doing great. You know, so I mean, I 100% agree with him that I think that I like that rotation deal. I like what they do there. I like when they sometimes it's last, sometimes it's first, everything in between. I am perfectly great with that. And and I get it. If it's a special Bert, and let's say it's a late model special and you got late model guys from kind of all over the place coming into race, well, you ain't going to make them necessarily run last and the fans run last right. and the shows going long. I get that. But on a weekly deal, I, I kind of like mixing it up, and I think that's a good idea because some of the best races, I'm telling you, some of the best races are these beginner classes, and they're super fun to watch, and a lot of fans miss out because they think they want to watch mods, and they want to watch late models, and they want to get out, you know, I, I want to get home. I saw what I wanted to see, and they miss the good stuff. Stick around yeah. for the good stuff. And, you know, like at uh, Plymouth Dirt Track uh, last weekend, um, I'm not sure if late models were going to run first anyway but you know there was a threat of weather coming in and the late models did run first i'm not sure if the weather was the reason for that but you know there were three other features after the late model feature was over right (laughs) and and that makes sense right because that was a late model special the super six they got six nights where they have late models get those ones in right and then everybody else if they have to make them up they can so there's a i mean i get it when weather there's different factors but typically speaking, I agree. You don't always have to run them last. They deserve to be watched and they deserve fans watching them as well. So Bert, let's jump into a little who's hot and who's not right. <laughs> Brought to you 
by Impact Health Sharing. So, so fans of the show, I mean, if you if you pay for your own health insurance, if you're self-employed, if you're a business owner and you have employees, you know, if you maybe you don't have health insurance because you're like, I'm not paying that much. You know, if you feel like you need to be paying less than what you're paying now for health care coverage, I may have a solution for you. The folks at Impact Health Sharing have been saving people a ton of money, um, literally half price, sometimes even cheaper. You go to any doctor. Um, it's been a great program. Hit me up. 218-969-1380. And I'd be glad to get you a quick quote, um, get you some information. If it's a good fit for you, help you keep some money in your pocket to go racing because that's a lot more fun. So, Bert, I'm telling you what, literally, I think that certain drivers need to start putting the one to go show on their car, right? Last week, <laughs> I, I know Donnie where you're going this. Donnie shots. <laughs> now, he didn't win. He didn't win. But he had the best weekend he's had all year long, a third and a second. Why? Why? Why, Bert? Why? Because we call them out. That's what we do, right? That's what we do. We call you out. So if you're a driver out there and you get on this list, you know, we call you out and we're like, man, you're sucking it up. Like you're on the, you're on the not list here, right? You need to just, you know, not be mad. You need to thank us is what you need to do. You need to thank us because you're probably going to be fast next week. We're doing it for you, right? We're doing it for you. So, Bert, who's hot? Well, uh, obviously, Huddy, <laughs> Hudson O'Neill is hot. I mean, he almost won all of the races last Smoking. week. <laughs> yeah, first in a pair of seconds this weekend for the old uh, Rocket One ride right there. Took over the Lucas Oil Point lead as well, Bert. Snaps that away from RTJ and... I was looking here, Bert, since February 9th, which was East Bay. He's got, he had 14 shows from then. He had one flat while leading at Eldora, right? Other than that, he had nothing worse than a six. He had one six, the fifth, everything else fourth or better. Ten podiums, five wins. It don't get much hotter. I mean, he is literally on fire right now. And uh, they're, they're really not looking like they're slowing down anytime soon. Who else you got? Um, well, he's not getting the wins, but uh, guess who's leading the points in the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series? <laughs> Br the big cat, Brad Sweet. <laughs> he is, just is he, like the, is he the T Mac right of the World yeah. of Outlaw Sprint Car Series? <laughs> yeah, I I was a little surprised when I saw that he was leading the points, and it's like he's just he just consistently <laughs> runs in the top three top five and other drivers have one bad night and you know that that's all it takes he's a smart race car driver right you don't have four straight world of outlaw championships because you're doing dumb stuff i mean he he's he's uh, he's on it um i'm gonna stick with the world of outlaws here Sprint cars i'm gonna go with rico abreu yeah bert he's got uh this just this weekend alone he had a third I don't know if it was uh, just a 410, so we got third. And then he got a second and a first at Eldora, right, with the World of Outlaws. Well, we talked about Donnie Schatz. Schatz got a third and a second, right? So both of these two, you know what's coming up in July, right? A million to win at Eldora. I tell you what, both of them two look like they found another gear. Rico, all year long, right, the eye test just says, this is the best year I've seen him have. Like he has been phenomenally good. So Rico Abreu on the hot list. 
I'm going not. Well, I'm going to go with a driver that uh, really disappointed me this last week. Uh, Josh Rice. <laughs> he uh, he normally dominates Florence. And I mean, you know, he was racing. Granted, Lucas was there. So, you know, winning is a little bit more challenging. But, you know, he was he wasn't even in contention. I think he started third and he started falling back right away early in the race. And then he had the pit. He rolled the, the nose. He, he had some damage on his nose later on. And yeah, he had to pit for that. And so, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a good night for him. <laughs> I'm going to Mike sit down. If you're listening to this right now, are you seated? Okay. <laughs> Superman, Jonathan Davenport, seven straight nights, Bert off the podium, seven straight. Um, we're, we're basically a third of the way through the season. He only has, five wins all year that's not well, i mean two million dollars in earnings last year i mean it's it's not that he's been terrible right but i mean when you compare this year to last year and the money that he made he's not even looking like he's the top guy right now I mean, what was the last race that they raced last week um florence Okay, yeah. I mean, he was running in the top, top three. He started near the front, if not in the... Yeah, I think he was on front the front row. row. Yeah. And, you know, as the race went on, you know, he started getting passed. You just don't see Superman get passed by other drivers when he starts in the front. Right, right. So <laughs> we'll see if he can find another gear when some of these really big shows start to, start to happen here. And, you know, but right now he's just not been on the on the hot list at all and i'm gonna do you have anybody else there on the not list no you can go ahead i'm gonna stick with rodney sanders so rodney yes. sanders been he's been there he's been kind of he's been he's been fairly solid he just can't sniff a win right he just i think he forgot how i'm not really sure i think he remembers how to drive a race car but i think he forgot how to win usmps <laughs> races so we're going to see if old Rodney Sanders can get her done here. So, Bert, last week's picks here. So let's take a look at this. So let's jump into, into our section here where we do our pick-ems, but right? And we'll do a little recap of what we saw in the races. Before we get into that, um, a little shout-out to our friend Brad Parson. A, he has, I mean, solutions for all your farming needs, right? So Brad, a, a racer himself, right? He's raced multiple things. He's got a late model, um, buddy of mine from over in central Minnesota. But, you know, what he does is he is he helps farmers. So if you're a farmer and you're in western Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, I mean, planting season's here, right? He's got all kinds of different solutions that you can mix with your current spray packages, right? And he's got all the, he's got all the data, right? He he guarantees that he's gonna have a pretty darn good product for you to check out. And what he what I recommend doing is calling Brad 320-219-3542. I don't know nothing about farming, but I do know a little bit about money. And if you have the right products. If you get better yields, right, that's going to equal more money in your pocket. And that's what he can do for you. So give him a call. Let him get you the information. Test out some of his stuff, and we'll see if maybe it'll help you out. So 
Uh, World of Outlaw Late Models last week, Bert. We were going to pick uh, just the finale. We weren't going to pick the preliminary. You know what? Speaking of that, we have another fan question here. I, I wrote this one down. So speaking of World of Outlaw, so Brad, a uh, friend of the show here, he asked, he goes, do you guys like this format, right, that they have? Or do you, pre- or do you prefer just to have the like the full show each night, right? So last year, I believe, Mississippi Thunder had just three complete shows. This year, they were doing split features. I'll call them split split qualifiers day one, split qualifiers day two, and then they were going to take accumulated points, line up the heat races on Saturday, and roll into the features off of that. Which format do you prefer? Uh, well, before we do that, I just want to mention also, I, I did hear the announcer announce this during the race. Uh, if you win one of these mini features, it does not count as an official World of Outlaw feature win. I did hear <laughs> that too. I did hear that, which that's how it should be because it's right. not a real feature. I like that. <laughs> Kudos. Thank you, Ruben. All right. <laughs> um, me personally, I like the complete shows each night. Um, I just, I, I like having, you know, at the end of the night, there's one winner and, um, you know, there are no ties. Um, <laughs> there's one winner. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Now. Okay. So I, if I had to pick, I like the three complete shows for sure. Okay. But I understand it as a racetrack that if you're going to pay 50,000 to win, it's pretty tough to pay. 10 or 15 the first two nights and then pay fit that's a lot of money right you're going to get the same fan base regardless so what they're trying to do is trying to figure out how do we how do we work this to where the track can actually not go broke doing this right so i personally don't like where you combine the points from the first two nights because you take a guy like uh jake tim or brent larson whatever right Brian Brian Gustin was in an accident. Gustin or, or, yeah, exactly, right? So anybody that had battle, you have a terrible night, night one. No matter how good you do night two, you're going to be buried on on night three when it comes to the big show. If you're going to run a three-day show where you're kind of setting up night one and two are setting up night three, why not do it where night one, right? And I think Eldora maybe does something like this, but why not do night one? where they take, you know, you run your full show night one and then take, say, the top three. I wouldn't go much more than that because you want a full show on the last night too. But the top three, maybe top four, and that's your inside row. And then on night two, you have a full show, and that's the outside row. And then from that point forward, you take their best point night and line up the heat races and run a full show on Saturday. I'd be okay with that. How was Mississippi Thunder, what was their show going to be like Saturday night? Were they going to from run what heat, I, heat from races what I Saturday night? Yeah, from what I understand, okay. and I could be wrong, is they were going to take accumulated points from night one and two, accumulate them, and then line up the heat races based off yeah. your finishing position. That, not that's, finishing position, but based on your point count from the first two nights. That's how Eldora does it for the World 100 and the Dream. They have the twin features Thursday night, Friday night, and you accumulate points, and then you you line up for your heat races for Saturday night based on the points 
you accumulated the first two nights. Yeah, and I just don't like the accumulated. I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're paying that big money, it's kind of a culmination of a whole weekend. Um, ultimately, ultimately, right? I think you and I both agree, just three, three separate entities is better, but well, I, and I mean, let's just say it was, I don't think the fans left disappointed unless you're a B1 or a 49 fan, you know, but it was definitely still relatively exciting i mean and me personally i i almost prefer the usa nationals procedures better than than these other procedures that you know they ran a complete show on thursday night that's totally unrelated to to the usa national show uh, you know a lot of drivers will treat it as a test session or you know i mean they're only racing for like eight thousand a win or something like that but you want to race because you want to, you want laps on the track, but then they do the double heat races and then, and then uh, you get passing points. I, from a fan's perspective, it's more racing to, to watch. And well, kind of right. Cause this same thing, right? So this, they, the, the split features is nothing more than paid heat races, right? Well, yeah. So, so this format here, they're still doing double heat. Well, you would right? actually, yeah. This format, you actually have more races because you have heat races on Saturday night too. Where at USA Nationals, there are no heat races on Saturday night. Right. Just, true. Now, just the, the bees other, and and the and the last chance race and then the feature. The other thing is this: when you look at a show like the Prairie Dirt Classic, right? Well, they got four. They well, they split it up. It's four races, right? When you only have enough for two, and you're doing the the, I mean, the, and I don't think it works as good. I mean, you look look at the World 100 or anything at Eldora, right? They don't have two. They got six, right? I think they have six qualifiers on each night. They don't they don't just have two. So, I mean, I think that changes thing a little bit too. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, it, it's their track. And when we own our own, we can kind of do our own format however we want. But, um <laughs> I, uh, we were all bummed out that they didn't get the 50 lapper. And of course, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. Now, but, but they are going to reschedule that for August sometime. The I last don't think week, it's a rescheduled. I think they just scheduled. That's right. They're separate. They're, they're coming back to Mississippi Thunder the last week of August. And then they're going to Deer Creek after yep. that for, yeah. for another show. I think show. it's going to be two complete shows at yep. Mississippi Thunder and one complete. So they, they got together and obviously the, the folks from Deer Creek probably were at the races and they all talked and they said, let's just make something happen so our fans get a chance to see these drivers. So that's pretty cool. But the World of Outlaws, uh, the main show rained out. Uh, Brandon Shepard, Cade Dillard, they each won uh, qualifiers on night one. USMTS modifies night one. Mother Nature got her done. Um, she's been pretty quick. High, high win percentage for Mother Nature. Night number two, Jake O'Neill parked it in victory lane. He had some pressure there, Bert. Caden Carter, right? He was uh, coming for him on the bottom. Sanders got third, Ramirez fourth, Tanner Mullins fifth. Now, Mike and Dan both had Jake O'Neill, so two points for them. Night number three, Tyler Davis. We talked about that earlier. Um, he won Mullins second, Ramirez third, Sanders fourth. Jake O'Neill fifth. Kind of interesting. The only one different in that whole deal was Caden Carter, right? He wasn't in the top five. So four of the top five 
were four of the top five both nights. That's a pretty good weekend for four drivers right there. Um, different, different, I mean, pretty interesting there. Mike and Jeff both had Mullins. Thank you, Tyler Davis, for sniping one from them guys. They got one point instead <laughs> of two. Um, so let's head over World of Outlaw Sprint Car Action at Eldora. Kind of a little precursor to the million coming up later this year. I think uh, end of July, uh, Logan Schuhart, really good on half miles. He took night number one. None of us had Logan Schuhart. Mike, Brad, Jeff, all three had the big cat, Brad Sweet, who got fourth and uh, one point for them. Rico, incidentally, second and a first. Donnie Schatz, a third and a second. Um, what else we got here? David Gravel got a fifth and, fifth and a third. So three of the top five were top five both nights. I want to make a comment about the sprint cars. Um, normally, I just watch the highlights on the World of Outlaws YouTube channel, you know, and they take the whole race and condense it into three or four minutes. Um I actually watched the complete race on Dirt Vision of the feature from the last night. And I can't remember who, um, but they were in an accident, broke the front axle. They had damage on the rear tire. They pulled them into the pits and you get what, two minutes, one minute? Um, hour, half hour? Well, no. Well, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just sit here till your car's ready. That's <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you get one or two minutes uh, before um, they're going to go green. So they do give you some time to fix whatever. So they were trying to change the front axle, some suspension stuff, plus stuff on the rear in two minutes. And they had the front axle out and they were putting the new one in. But it's right. just amazing how fast they can do some of that stuff. Well, did you also notice that when uh, Sheldon Hottenchild broke, he exploded a tire and tore up some shit, right? They this is like lap ten, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a red flag yeah. on the track." <laughs> it's lap ten. There ain't nobody on it. It's lap. 10. What are you talking about, right? Well, so, yeah. The announcer said they've done a lot. Of, we've had a lot of cautions. They've done a lot of laps, and we don't want anybody to run low on fuel. <laughs> and we want our we want one of our followers to get back out there, not miss, miss any laps. I get it. It's all good. Um. So Rico won, and then uh, shot second, gravel third. So Mike. Ryan, Mike, myself, I'm Ryan, by the way, and Carl, we all had David Gravel. He got third, so we each got a point there. I was, I don't, I don't know. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Donnie Shots came from 11th in that one. Bert, I was ready to write him off, right? I was literally going, I mean, Donnie Shots is great. Second best sprint car driver to ever strap in, right? He's not Steve Kinzer, but he's good. It's close, right? The fact is, he didn't forget how to drive. I just don't think he's been hungry, right? Now, last year was the same thing. That hunger on your 10,000 win shows, probably not quite as much there as it was in the past. But when the Knoxville Nationals came, that hunger came back and showed him how it got done. Well, guess what? He knows there's a million to win race coming up here at Knoxville. Do you think he's a little extra motivated for some of these bigger, bigger races than he is for like kind of the bulk of the season. I mean, that definitely could be the case. I mean, you're obviously, I mean, almost anybody's going to be more motivated when there's more money on the line. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, some people are just at that stage of their career where they're hungry every night, right? Well, yeah. like, you know, I want to win everything. 
And I think he's beyond that, right? A 10-time champion, right? And he's won everything there is to win. So I think that winning just a, another World of Outlaw race isn't a big deal. But I'm telling you, that team looked extra motivated. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, too. Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, Bert. <laughs> Atomic. Hudson O'Neill. So Kurt, Kent, Dan, and yours truly, we all had Huddy. Um, win for us. And the top three in this one, Hudson O'Neill, Brandon Overton, Mike Marlar. Incidentally, the top three the next night, Marlar, Hudson O'Neill, Brandon Overton. That was at Ponderosa. Um, nobody had Marlar, but myself and Bert, we each had Huddy. He got second. Another point there. Thank you, Hudson O'Neill. Night number three, Florence. Right, we we like falls, we like slide jobs, we like banging the berm. You get that at Florence as well. RTJ. I don't know if I got to flatten out the bill when I say RTJ, but I probably got to have Puka talk about him. But uh, I think I'm the only one that had Huddy for that one there, Bert. Um, he got second, so uh, Huddy got me points all three nights. He's my boy. I kind of I'm kind of a Huddy <laughs> fan right now. Um, incidentally in that race, so Overton got third. So he was on the podium all three nights as well. Um, so was Huddy. Great, kind of quiet, right? Overton, I mean, he was there, but it's like he wasn't talked about quite as much, but three great nights, a second and two thirds. How about Garrett Alberson? Plus 15, the fourth. He had a hell, I mean, he struggled all year. He's had a hell, had a hell of a race. Emac, who's been kind of quiet. Plus thirteen, the fifth. Wow. Um, Florence did not disappoint. Hemac had to go through the Concy, the B main, to get into the feature. Yep. And uh, so did Alberson. And they interviewed Hemac afterwards, and they talked about his struggles. And you know, he said that you know he changed shocks after qualifying. He changed shocks after the heat race, and they had things all doing all sorts of things. And I mean. I'm I'm guessing all the Longhorn drivers kind of park right next to each other because he said there were other drivers and other team members working on his car to get it ready for the feature. But I mean, all all the drivers were Longhorn drivers. <laughs> right, right. I'm telling you, there's something to that little bit of chemistry. And I and we're on the street, right? Talk to Dan, and we're talking about that, and you realize who's kind of helping out the Rocket team, right? the old pit guy for Jimmy Owens, right? So he's been kind of roaming around there, Cody Mallory. And, uh, you know, I, I'm telling you what, that Rocket One is the fastest car in dirt late model race right now. I'm not saying that he's got a ton of influence, but he's kind of hanging around that Rocket camp. I don't know. Would you rather, Bert, Rocket or Longhorn right now today? I'd take a Longhorn. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd probably take a Rocket. I never drove a, ro a Longhorn. I did drive a Rocket. It was good then. And I tell you, I think the, I mean, he's by far the fastest one, but the most of the faster ones are in right. Longhorn. So there, there is that. So our weekly pickums, uh, our standings right now, Bert, that, that guy that likes to shovel snow that lives up in the Upper Peninsula, South Canada, East Wisconsin, up in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Jeff's leading the way at 49. Mike jumped up. He's in second now. One point back for Mike at 48. Yours truly uh, kind of little rod and reel right here. Chasing these guys down. I'm at 47. Kurt's at 46. 
Brad is at 39. Kent and Dan at 38. Bert is uh, lurking at 37. Literally only 12 points separating you from the lead right now, right? And uh, not so hot. Carl is at 22. Now, I will say this, Bert. Carl picked Brent Larson last week. And we said if you pick somebody that's kind of an outlier, you know, we specifically Brent, that if he wins, we're going to give him double points. He had a shot. I mean, there was no points. We didn't pick that race. But he was good there. So Carl, the only one bold enough to take some of these outliers there, hasn't quite paid off yet. So this week, Bert, uh, the Illinois Speed Week, Castro Flow Racing Night in America, um, Wednesday and Thursday, of course, on Flow Racing. Wednesday at Spoon River, Thursday at Lincoln, both in Illinois. Those races look like the weather's fantastic. The next two, let's just hope Mother Nature plays nice because the next two are going to be good. Um, the next two, the next two are they're Lucas Oil races, right? Um, yeah. yeah, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, Friday at Farmer City, the Farmer 74, and Saturday at hashtag falls and uh, so four nights of late model action on flow racing and uh with the world of outlaw late model is not running i mean it i looked at the list and i mean almost everybody that's a hitter is going to be at these shows so you're going to want to tune in um world of outlaw sprint cars uh bert wednesday lincoln pa friday saturday at williams grove the posse versus the outlaws it's, it's coming. It's going to be good. So we got, we got, what do we got? Two, four, five, six, seven races that we're picking here this week. And uh, let's jump into the last lap. Brought to you up by our friends at Dirt Track Supply out in Watertown, South Dakota. Um, they supply parts to a lot of racetracks. They're the trackside vendor at a lot of tracks in the area out there. Also, they build the aero chassis. The aero chassis already hit and painted out in out in Wyoming, Montana area in the speed stock division. Multiple wins already for the aero chassis. If you need parts, tires, safety equipment, advice, bodywork, fabricating, you name it, Ron and Trevor at Dirt Track Supply have been helping racers competing themselves at race as racers at a high level for many years. Check them out, give them a call, tell them we sent you at Dirt Track Supply in Watertown. So Bert, we talked about this already. World of Outlaw Late Models adding basically three more shows to the schedule. Um, a pair of them at Mississippi Thunder, one of them down at Deer Creek. Your thoughts? Um, I think it, it's a good move. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if they can make the logistics work, it, it's a good move. Fans, um, you know, the Dairyland Dairyland race hasn't been around for very long, but um, it's uh heavily anticipated race at least in 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 wisconsin so it's good to see them uh, come back later this summer since uh it got rained out um last weekend yeah both those tracks are fantastic so the gopher 50 is a lucas race right yeah so so now um miss or deer creek is going to have a lucas race and a world of outlaw race it's pretty cool for late model fans down in southern southern minnesota slash I guess it would be Western Wisconsin, right? Little news for NASCAR. Kinda. What happened here? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, Larry Phillips was named to uh, NASCAR's top 75 list because uh, NASCAR's 
celebrating their 75th anniversary this year. So, uh, um, you know, 25 years ago, they named the top 50. So now they're adding uh, 25 more drivers. That's super cool. We talked about it actually on our blast of the past episode that comes out. Um, it's going to be coming out moving forward each and every Friday. You're going to want to tune into that on YouTube and on Facebook, our blast of the past episode where we turn back time, talk about the racers and things that happened in the past, kind of, kind of a fun segment that we do, but uh, congratulations uh, to the Phillips family. Of course, Larry no longer with us, but Terry Phillips, a phenomenal racer and just a great history with that family. Little, little news, Bert, in the sprint car world, um, not maybe necessarily totally the world of outlaws, but 410 sprint cars. Um, over the weekend, Parker Price Miller, Buddy Kofoid, both parting ways with their respective teams. Unbelievable. Um, Parker Price Miller, he just wasn't necessarily having a, a great year by any means. Buddy Kofoid's been fast. Yeah. He's been legit good. And, and this is speculation, you know, from what I've seen is, is Buddy wanted to kind of follow the World of Outlaw series. Car owner says, you know, look, we, we're just going to kind of race, you know, wherever. And uh, it sounds like they just weren't on the same page, decided to part ways. And tell you what, if there's a sprint car team out there looking for a driver, that Buddy Colfoyd kid can flat out wheel a race car. That I would not hesitate to put him in a ride. And uh, yeah, he's number seven. Was he? Was he number eleven or seventy-one? I want to say I think eleven. Yeah, yeah. He pretty sharp-looking car, very fast, and uh, kind of a bummer. There are two drivers. It's kind of rare that happens two of them in the same week. Um, another thing, Bert, uh, for fans, if you're on Facebook, um, especially if you're a northern Minnesota, like if if you were if you went to Hibbing, if you went to Rapids, Proctor, even Superior, if some of them tracks were your home turf. Um, follow Vintage Iron Range Dirt Track Racing on Facebook. A buddy of mine, Lem, puts that together. And uh, he put together a video a few weeks back on a couple of racers that have been around for a long time. He has another couple of videos out, Bert, showcasing and kind of telling the history a little bit of Kelly Lake Racing. And, uh, boy, he does a great job. So um, hats off for Lem for all, all you do. And uh, if you haven't seen that, you're going to want to check that out. It's, it's super cool. So, uh Bert, what do you say we jump into uh, little predictions here on our uh, on our bold predictions, right, from last week? So before we do that, quick shout-out, Mason Aaron's videos. Mason, of course, does all the editing for us. We're super thankful for him because uh, Bert and I don't really have the time to put do all the behind-the-scenes stuff. We do the show, and if it weren't for him, you know, putting this all together, it would be very tough to get this done each and every week. And he has a lot of great content himself. If you haven't checked it out, you know, check out his YouTube page. Um, does a lot of super cool stuff on drivers, B-roll type stuff. Um, very, very good for the sport. So, Mason, thank you. Um, so, Bert, you, you, you had a rough week, guy. I've had you, a few rough weeks. Not like <laughs> this. This was – it, it hurts me. To see I got it. I got close on one of them, Justin Ritchie almost. You did, you did. So, <laughs> so Bird had three come off the board. All three of them you picked last week. You said Josh Rice was going to win at Florence. Not a bad pick. Did not happen. You said Sheldon Hodenschild was going to win at least one at Eldora. Didn't sniff a top five. Actually, he was up there that one night and exploded a right rear tire. 
Um, he was kind of, I think he was in second though when it happened. And then of course you said Justin Ritchie was going to win at Plymouth and you went ahead and jinxed him. Um, he still had a good run, second, nothing wrong with it. And he was there. I mean, he was right there. So three off the board, three no's. I said Josh Rice won't even make the podium. That was correct. <laughs> now, so I'm going to ask your input on this. So Jeff sent over the – he kind of keep track. So thanks, Jeff, for kind of our statistician. And uh, he he gave me credit for a – this didn't couldn't happen. It was not something that could happen. So I said Brent Larson is going to get at least one top ten at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. And, and he just put it down as a, it don't count because they didn't race the whole weekend. If he would have got a top 10 the first night, I would have counted it. <laughs> I know you would have. <laughs> so, Bert, do I just, I got to take one on the chin there, I think. Huh? I think so. Know. All right, Jeff. So you're going to have to go ahead and, and uh, <laughs> fix the numbers here. Cause I, I saw that and I'm like, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, put it this way when I'm saying that, well, the group decided, right, that when Jeff made his prediction that he still puts on the stat sheet that he got right, which he did not because it got voted wrong. If we're going to hold him to that, we got to hold me accountable as well. Well, I I actually had another one come off the board and we have to decide. Oh, what do you got? Um, uh, Mr. Excitement. Um, remember, I said that I, I can't remember how I. Did I say he his first race would be at Eastern Wisconsin track or his first appearance would be at an Eastern Wisconsin track? Because he was at a practice at Seymour before he went to Mississippi Thunder. <laughs> All right. Jeff is going to have to go back through because we can look <laughs> at what episode it is. We're going to have to look back. We're going to have to go back on the tape. You're going to have to text us in the group to check that one out. So, see, we hold ourselves accountable. We don't just take credit when we get it right. We might get it wrong and take credit for that, too. So... <laughs> All right. So fair enough. So based on the numbers that we had, um, I had 15 correct, 32 incorrect, 31.9. I think that's going to be 33 incorrect. So that number will be a little lighter. You have 22 correct, 27 incorrect, 44.9. Depending on how that one works, that could go either way for you there. So this week's Pittsburgh. Okay. And this week, and again, what we're doing is we're picking three mostly racing related could be a sports topic as well um it's got to be something that we can either say this flat out did happen or did not happen it's not an opinion based deal it's like we're going to say something's going to happen and it either did or didn't and uh we pick three we keep track of uh if we get them right we get them wrong have a little fun with it bert you go first um i'm gonna go with Illinois drivers will take three out of the four races in Illinois this week. Hmm. Where's Hudson O'Neill from? Indiana. Yeah, you're screwed. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Bert's pick, Illinois late model drivers at the Illinois Speed Weeks will win three of the four features. Okay, now. Let me ask you this. We want to change. What if two of them rain out? Is it going to just be like, well, it, it couldn't happen? Or are we going to, do you want to?
Um, do you want to change that to only one of the features will be lost by an Illinois guy, or do you want to kind of keep it how you got it? I just want to kind of look out for something. I, I can do that. that only one of the features will be lost. Um, okay. Okay. Only only one at most one of the features will yes. be lost by a non-Illinois late model driver. Okay. Which is going to be fine because Huddy's going to win the first two, so that's just going <laughs> to happen. Um, I'm gonna I'll go on that theme here. Hudson O'Neill will have the best average finish in A-Mains at the Illinois Speed Weeks. Okay. Put my money where my mouth is. That's what <laughs> I'm going to do. Um, I will go World of Outlaws take two out of three from the Pennsylvania Posse. <laughs> so the World of Outlaws will win at least two. Yes. Is it? Is it? Wait. Is it specifically they're going to win two of three? Oh. Or, or is, how do you, how do you want that? Okay, we'll say at, at least two because then if one gets rained out, um, okay. it, it, yeah, at least two. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll go with some World of Outlaw stuff here. I don't know if it's a World of Outlaw sanctioned event or not. End time world of outlaw champion Donnie Shots is gonna win the million at Eldora. I do want to say one thing though with um Sean getting rained out last week, my uh, Nick Aveling pick is still on the board. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks, yeah. I was kind of hoping that wasn't gonna happen, but yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, for my final one, um, I'll stay with Richie and I'll say he wins the Super Six late model race this weekend at Plymouth. Okay, I'll go Eastern Wisconsin late model, uh, kind of Eastern Wisconsin late. We'll go series anyway. So uh, we're a week away from the Wabam Dirt Kings season opener at the Red Cedar Speedway in Menominee, Wisconsin. The fifty-eight former Eastern Wisconsin guy transition over to western wisconsin aj demol is going to win the opening night of the wabam dirt kings tour at red Seeker. that's so a good there you go. There, yeah i hopefully he shows up right so <laughs> yeah i will uh yeah hopefully he shows up so um he was he was there last year for the dirt yeah, kings i think he, he won it last year yeah yeah pretty sure he won it so he was he was first or second. Yeah. So the there, there you have it. Episode one seventy six in the books. Uh, you know, fans. You know, by all means, shoot us over some questions, comments. You know, make sure to subscribe and like us on Facebook and on YouTube as well. Uh, on your favorite podcast. Thanks to all the sponsors. I'm Ryan. That is Bert. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show. Production of Goat Sports Media LLC.